Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is July 15, 2019, and it has been a very extraordinary weekend. Like I said, it would be, and this week is just going to be incredible. If our weekends can tell us or be an indicator of the week to come, you know, that's that says something. That says something, really says something. So... What happened this weekend? A lot. What should we start with? I mean, there's so much to start with. Um, before I continue, I just wanted to let everyone know that you can always find me here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Standard Time on Red State Talk Radio. You could stream me online. Download our free uh, Red State Talk Radio app or listen to me on your airwaves. Now... I think we shall begin, I guess, with um, what was going on over the weekend in New York. It was pretty incredible, right, guys? It was absolutely astounding. We had a blackout in New York City, and, you know, there was a lot of positivity surrounding it, of course. A lot of named and unnamed performers uh, came to the aid of the people who were, shall we say, stranded in New York City because of the blackout, which was pretty incredible. And so during this blackout, if you think about it, what happened? There were many people that were saying, oh, it's, you know, it was Midtown, right? We all know the blackout happened in Midtown Manhattan. That's where we had the blackout, in Midtown Manhattan, And so one has to think, if the blackout happened in Midtown Manhattan, why is everybody tweeting about the Manhattan Correctional Center? Remember, last week I told you that Jeffrey Epstein, along with El Chapo, which the New York Post so nicely after my show, (laughs) I swear they're fans, reported that uh, Jeffrey Epstein is only a couple cells down from El Chapo. I mean, we knew this. So everyone was talking about the Manhattan Correctional Center and everyone was like, oh, you're so dumb. That's downtown. People don't seem to understand what a distraction means. And what was thwarted. So remember last week how I inferred and how I stated that El Chapo is constantly complaining in the courts In regards to the access he has to food and water, yes? How he complained to the courts that, you know, his, he can't have tap water. 
And now he wants more control over what he puts in his body. Because we've said this before. We saw this with Julian Assange. And we see it with every person that may hold keys to the kingdom that is ever in the hands of uh, those that may indeed be of the deep state, which is what? They will poison them. And not so much uh, poison them to kill them, but to make them unable to state much unable that kind of make them into vegetables i mean the poisoning is just straight out the whole suicide at mo and that was actually attempted during the blackout because for me i found it quite odd okay we have a blackout obviously police presence is in at, at a minimum and for some reason, think about it, think about it this way. For some reason, all these named, you know, and famous performers that remember have like entourages of like 50 security guards. We're talking Carnegie Hall. We're talking JLo and others, you know, they all have security guards. They all don't, you know, like to face with the public because some people are crazy Yet, lo and behold, in New York City, in the dark, with no police presence, no power, so people couldn't, like, communicate with cell phones. I guess maybe walkie-talkies, right? Because it wasn't an EMP. They all pour out into the street, and they entertain New Yorkers for free. And every New Yorker's like, oh, my gosh, they're so great. They came out into the streets and kept us company and entertained us. Uh, yeah, they were distracting you. They were trying to keep you busy. But they put themselves at risk. I mean, come on, guys. Jennifer Lopez, she goes to a hotel. She wants linen with a specific thread count. So many XYZ petals in her toilet, right? Water at this specific temperature. It's got to be all white. You know, she's the biggest diva. She's going to come out in the middle of her concert that's, you know, shot because of, you know, the, the whole blackout and entertain people with no actual electronics to secure her, meaning for communication or anything. Uh, come on. Like, who believes this stuff? I'm, I'm just saying, this is where people need to pay attention to. Okay, that's never happened before, you know. J-Lo could have been like, well, guess the concert's over. We got insurance. We're good to go. Um, no, they all came out and didn't even think of their safety, didn't think of the mobs that would be out there. No, because the intention was to draw all the attention to Midtown. Keep the eyes off downtown. Keep it Midtown. Come join the party. Come to the Midtown where all these people are hanging out in New York City when the power is out and it's, you know, super dark and we have no means of communications other than, you know, walkie talkies or ham radios. But please come. Don't 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 focus on anything else. Just come to us, even though we're less protected and we will entertain you like as a New Yorker. I'm like, if I was back home, I'm just telling you, and that happened, you know I would be one of the first cars leaving for, like, Connecticut. I'd be, like, so out the door. The minute Manhattan goes dark, if it lasts more than a few minutes, you need to start heading out. Grab a car, grab a cab, and get out. Uh, you know, that's one thing you don't want is mass, you know, 
masses, millions of Americans in an, uh, you know, New Yorkers actually, in an area where it's pitch black um, and the police can't get to it. And um, the only communications you have are radio communications and maybe some phone communications from the people as long as they have battery, right? I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out something. And I was kind of like, mm, that's curious. But also I heard that there was a lot of commotion down at the Manhattan Correctional Center. A lot. That was reinforced. There were people all over the place. And I heard something odd coming along in regards to the train tunnels that are by the Manhattan Correctional Center. So that was really curious. So that happened, right? That happened. And everyone's going to be like, well, maybe they're going after El Chapo because he gave everyone up. Yep, maybe. They've been trying, you know that. But is it Epstein? Yep, definitely is. Who knows if they'll start singing. We need to get rid of him. Definitely need to get rid of him. That's the thought. So... Here is where we're at with that. Now, talking about crazy, I just thought I'd bring this up before I forget. There's a hashtag that was trending uh, this morning um, with hashtag uh, RIP Bianca. Now, it is really, really disturbing, very disturbing on the fact that, you know, this young lady um, was killed viciously um, by someone she met on the Internet. And so this person was someone that she met on Discord. Um, she was um, 18, actually. Uh, you know, the guy that killed her, like, literally posted pictures of her head being chopped off. Like, he sawed her head off and posted it on, like, 4chan and chat logs from the Discord to show that he did it because he was, like, super salty and jealous so apparently she was going to some um some festival thing with another guy she met on the internet through her through discord and so you know what's pretty alarming is that the guy when he was you know going to kill her he was letting people know through his social media um ian miles chong actually put a really good uh, moment on twitter where he went through the whole thing and you know shows you shots and everything but does not put the pictures i've seen him too the decapitation not fun it's kind of like you remember when they had those two tourist women who were like oh everyone's friendly nothing's wrong here and they got hacked you know and that was disgusting to watch well it's kind of like that i mean this young lady was a young vibrant woman and she met someone that was crazy on discord now what defines how do you know the person you're talking to on the internet is crazy you don't you really don't and this is why it's important that people are more cautious see unfortunately or fortunately however you want to see it communications have evolved now people use the internet in the cyberspace, I would say, to communicate with members of their peers more than they do in person. You'll find less and less people go out to dinner, lunch, coffee, or hang out just in general in person because the cyber community offers uh, the convenience of your own home, pajamas, and do what you want, right? 
So how do you know? You don't. Um, I guess this is where we have to rely on our sixth sense. And when we see something that's like totally red flag, right? I, that's all I can say. Um, you know, as someone that gets a lot of hate mail, but gets also a lot of crazy fan mail too. Uh, the kind of crazy, you know, that, you know, may chop you your head off if you <laughs> go out with someone else. Um, you know, you just got to use your gut. And unfortunately, in 2019, uh, we've been desensitized to listen to our gut. You know, the people that have horns on their head or tattooed eye drops on their face are no longer vicious or murderers. They just need more love and acceptance. You know, we've kind of distorted the, hey, what makes, you know, what can I look at to find someone? Not saying everyone that has implanted horns or slices their tongue in half, you know, to make it look more snake-like or that hangs out with little kids a lot or, you know, the usual red flags are not red flags anymore. Apparently, they could be pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows for God knows. So th- th- this is all we can do is rely on us. Now, what happens is, you know, like in this case, um, he killed her and then he went to Discord to tell everyone else who wished they were in her, you know, with her her or people in her orbit what they call beta orbiters which means you know you're beneath her orbiting or something and you like this girl or this guy um and posted the photos on discord to show them what happened now this guy was probably one of those beta orbiters one of those guys that has a sticky keyboard every time he sees that girl on discord or listens to her or whatever and you know he wanted you know her to give him more attention and obviously she didn't give him the attention he wanted so you know when he found out she was going out with some other guy that she met on discord he got PO'd and um, retaliated. Now, this girl's name was Bianca. Um, you know, a lot of people online, there's like theories, oh, is her boyfriend not her boyfriend? She sold little cute things on Etsy um, uh, as well. And and it was sensey stuff that she was selling from what I saw on a Reddit thread. Um, she has... Um, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this young lady, it was really, really freaky. And so, you know, uh, Ian made a good point. He said, Bianca's murder may freak you out, but it's far from extraordinary, which is very true. If you'd had any similar experiences with incels and beta orbiters on Instagram, Twitter, or Discord who've threatened, sexually assaulted, or otherwise treated you in a dangerous way, speak up. And it's very important. It happens to everyone, no matter what age, okay? Um, How they bully uh, young people, older people, you know, where they're just like, why are you talking to this person and not me? Why are you going out with this person and not me? You know, that's like super red flag, right? So this girl lost her head. She died. And it was... um, it's pretty pretty intense. And a message that was posted, um, I see here, it says, thank you for teaching me a lesson that girls like you who lead guys on online are just fake and attention-seeking friend hunting. It's just a way of saying I need attention and date guys online because guys who live in my area would see how effed I am. He will probably meet you, F you, and then leave you. 
I wouldn't do that because I care, but you refuse to give me a chance to show you anything at all because all you do is send me argumentative sh- and piss me off when all I want is to be friends again. You are wrong in this and someday it will hit you and if it doesn't, then you're effing sick and heartless and don't deserve unconditional love that someone like me can provide. Effing done, goodbye. Uh, there's what you blah, blah, blah. So he was texting her these things, like a lot of texts, like long texts. He was like, oh, I'm going to delete this since you used to talk and we don't talk. I won't talk to you because you're too busy or stuff like that. So all these texts were constantly coming in. And I mean, you could see it on the on on the Twitter moment. It's pretty astounding. So any of you that have teenagers or young tweenies or even younger children that use the Internet, um, you know, you should um, educate them, Uh, educate them so much to protect themselves, because even the guy who was, you know, arrested and booked for this murder, uh, he um, he didn't seem like he was crazy. He seemed like your average Joe, average kid struggling to find his place in society. I mean, it's just it's just really sad. And I I say this because social media has desensitized us to the point where we can't even understand what's a threat anymore, even in person or online. We can't. We don't understand um, what's threatening or not. I mean, for me, right, I don't feel threatened. I'm always, you know, carrying a gun when I'm going to unknown situations. And if, you know, this is something rule of thumb, right, either that be male or female, if you're going to meet someone that you don't know, you go with a group of people. You don't go by yourself. Um, And you make sure a lot of people know where you're going. But anyway, the point here is that so many children, okay, and now this is murder, but I wanted to point out how many children are forced to enter into the world of sexual exploitation when they're really young through social media, through pressures like this. Because for some reason, and I've said it before, even in our own, you know, where I see it in my universe, in my orbit, where there's, you know, people on Twitter, people on Facebook, people on Instagram, on Parlay, on Gab, whatever. There are people that are simply out there just to get followers, okay? These are people that incessantly, you know, just post so that people can follow them just for the sake of following, not because they're sharing content. People follow people because they share content they want to see. But when you see someone that has like, that's following like a hundred thousand accounts. It's like, how do you read hundred thousand people's updates? You don't. Twitter is your newsfeed. It's like, you know how when you have your apps on your phone and you can select what news uh, comes into your purview, like if you have Google Assistant or Bixby on Samsung, you choose what kind of news you want. This is exactly what Twitter is. Twitter is exactly that. So if you have more than like 2,000, 3,000 people that you're following, that means you are not getting the news. Okay? You need to be following people that share content that you want to see or that you would otherwise not see. So there's like a couple of accounts that I refuse 
to follow that are big accounts, right? Some of them are blue check marks uh, because I don't want that door open. If they send me a message, you know, if I'm not following them and they're just following me, then, you know, I don't, I don't need to answer, right? Uh, my DMs are always open. I read all of them, but sometimes there are a few members of the press, you know, that work for places like, well, no, I won't name it on air, but we all know the usual suspects, especially the ones that hate Q. Um, that send me messages. So what do I do? I follow people that I know follow them and share their content because even though, you know, I don't want them to be able to have direct communication with me, I also want to see what they're posting. Make sense? So this is why we follow people. So this is an example of another way of saying, you know, someone that is like seeking attention. Um, and this happens everywhere. And it's dangerous because this is how they lure people into different lifestyles and different groups and, you know, ideologies. And this is how cults happen. Um, you know, like that guy, he would have probably had a shrine to this girl and maybe even recruited other people to pray to, to her if he didn't have that violent spurt to actually go kill her right, and retaliate to that point. You know, like the weird stalker stuff. So... This is how they recruit younger people. The reason I say this is because, you know, we've seen Weinstein, you know, we've seen Nixium, we've seen Epstein, but there's more. And these recruiters use uh, the online community now for these tweenies. You know, why is the limit, the age limit, uh, you know, the age threshold to be able to have social media 13? Why is it 13 and not 10? Why is it 13 and not 16? Why can a 13-year-old have a social media account where they have access to almost everything but not forced to have parental control? You're not forced to have parental control. These are all questions people need to be asking themselves. Why is it that most people that get caught with child pornography or child trafficking are caught for luring minors via a computer? This is going to be something new that's going to be coming out. Because, see, these are the old guard type methodologies, right? They're showing you the top. The, the, the middle dogs, I would say, because there's higher ones than them and then there's lower ones than them, right? So everybody needs to be able to meet the demand with the supply. And so this example of this woman getting killed is not saying that, you know, a stalker is going to go kill a child all the time, but a stalker can recruit a child like this. They can groom them. I, I mean, my young daughter, she's 13. She's on social media and she feels pressured sometimes. She goes on this thing called Live Me every now and then and holds like these chats with her Trump for Kids group, right? So there's hundreds and hundreds of children nationwide that, you know, participate. And so for some reason, uh, you know, sometimes Live Me promotes her maybe because they think she's cute. I don't know. But she gets these people that are like nice talking to her, nice talking to her, and then they make her feel like she has to do something. You need to send me a nude. No, I don't. If you don't, I'm going to do this. She's like, why would you do that? I didn't do that. And they scare children and, you know, they try to install fear in into them that they're going to do this kind of like that girl I don't know if you guys remember that story a couple months ago where this young lady was like 13 she was like on um, one of these apps I don't know if it was 
TikTok that used to be Musical.ly, right? And so anyway, this guy was talking to her and he was like, hey, I'll pay you $500 if you send me a picture with no top. And so he sends it to her right away with Cash App into her PayPal account, which was her brother's account or something like that. I don't even know. But the girl got the money and after she got the money, she sent him, you know, a picture of her to- of her topless. He's like, hey, send me a full nude and I'll give you $1,000. Now, this is a little kid. $500 can do a lot. I remember when I was a kid, dude, if I had $3, I was super rich. I was like, man, I'm going to go to the candy store. Man, I'm going to get this. You know, now kids obviously have something different. But still, even my kid, when she when she gets birthday money, seriously, guys, and I totally enjoy this. Maybe this is like, uh, you know, like not good parenting, but I, I find it the, the pleasures of parenting, you know. She's like, oh my gosh, you buy me stuff so many times. I want to go buy the family dinner. And she gets like, I don't know, $50, right? And she's like, I'm going to take everyone out for sushi. And I'm thinking, darn, does she think $50 is going to get her far? So I'm like, all right, let's do this. So we all go and she's like, order anything you want. You know? <laughs> so we all order, you know, our sashimi. We order everything. And so the bill comes and it's like, you know, $320. And Phoebe's like, um, I only have $50. And then she looks at me and her dad and she's like, mm, do you guys mind paying for it? Maybe I'll buy ice cream. And well, no, no, no. You pay the 50 and we'll pay the rest. And she's like, but then I don't have any money. And I said, hey, you know, $50 doesn't get you that far anymore. Point is, this is a new method as to how they recruit minors into sex slavery rings and then some more nefarious situations. And obviously the extremist part is that your kids can end up dead. So on that note, um, I want us, um, when we come back from this break, uh, to talk about some odd happenings in regards to Europe, uh, talk about the uh, Muslim caucus. Like, what is that? If there was a Jewish or a Christian caucus, we would be at the Supreme Court fighting that, right? Um, so we're going to talk about that, talk about Omar, talk about Turkey, talk about Iran, and then we're going to dig into some new Epstein stuff. Oh, and we'll mention Judicial Watch because he brought up one of my favorite cases uh, recently the Mina 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 see y'all in just a bit Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying Alexa play Red State Talk Radio Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194. Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. All right. So let's start with um, Judicial Watch I, I, um, in this half hour. I wanted to play a little clip uh, from Tom Fitton that was um, uh, tweeted out four days ago. And it all has to do with something that I am very, very well versed in. And that is the Mina, 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 Arkansas uh, drug arm smuggling allegations. Take a listen to what, what Tim has to say, which who, again, I swear, every time he drops a FOIA request or sues someone, it seems like, you know, he gets bulkier and beefier and, you know, more fit. Take a listen. We also sued for something else that goes back a long way for those of you who follow the Clintons. You may remember the scandals or the conspiracies associated with the MENA Arkansas Airport. Well, there was a CIA uh, report done on that because the allegations were that there was armed smuggling to Nicaragua, the CIA would run drugs out of there, um, and all sorts of terrible stories about MENA. And uh, there's a... Um, uh, there was a movie done by, who's the actor? Tom Cruise, recently about it, um, where he played Barry Seal, who was a pilot and a drug smuggler for the Medellin cartel, who allegedly uh, was also an undercover agent and informant for the uh, DEA, and he had something to do with Mina as well. Well, there was a uh, 96 Office of Inspector General report out of the CIA that absolved the CIA of being involved in any of that. And I don't know whether any of it's true or not. I mean, some of it's interesting, but it, I don't know if it's true or not. And since it involves the Clintons, there are a lot of people interested in it. So we thought it would be useful to get the full report. And of course, typically, the government refused to give it to us, even though we're now 20 years past when the report was first issued. Is it 20 years? Yeah, it's over 20 years. So um, we sued for the report. And I think we may get more of it than has previously been released as a result of this litigation. So this, uh, this MENA conspiracy theory, this MENA airport controversy, we know there's more government information on it. 
And part of what we do is we go back and look at these past controversies, which are still in the public domain, and see if we can educate more people about what really went on as a result of government documents being further released. Hence our new lawsuit on the MENA controversy. So um, only Judicial Watch is smart enough with a sense of history and with the ability legally and investigatively to figure out how to get this type of information out of the government. We've done it with the JFK assassination. We've done it with uh, all sorts of scandals going back decades. We're constantly getting new information about government activity that obviously is of historic value but also informs our per current public discussions as well. So we're happy to be able to do it. So I'm going to tell you something that got me really excited when I saw this. So this whole MENA thing, what discussions that are current will it help? I urge all of you to go back and see, uh, you know, my article on Tories.com about William Barr. Not so much to attack our old guard buddy, um, you know, that started his career in the CIA. But remember, I told you that two Supreme Court justices will be stepping down. And if you read the article, and I think I talked about it, too, there was one person, Supreme Court. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts, that has been implicated in that, but always left out because remember, it wasn't just Arkansas, it wasn't just the Bushes, it wasn't just the Clintons, they had other people. So uh, people need to be paying attention a little bit more to history. And like you said, you know, it's of historical significance that helps us with our current events. Um, again, Clintons, of course, just to show the reach and just to show the coverage uh, that they provide Um to the Clintons. So that is super uber interesting, yes? Now, before we get into our domestic uh, stuff, I wanted to um, just give you guys a quick update of what's going on in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, the Libyan Coast Guard has now started to uh, brace itself for a naval offensive. I'm going to play a little clip from Al Jazeera. But I also wanted you guys to know that France this weekend came out with a report. And remember, I told you France is on the Libyan GNA side, the Libyan army that the UN is the only one that recognizes it, right? Um, the UN recognized supposed Libyan government is which one they say it is the GNA in Tripoli of Libya that Turkey just signed a defense agreement with right that they're going to be providing all the troops well okay so France like I told you is supporting that group but they're also supporting the one in Benghazi you know as well so it's like kind of like France is double dipping right but the United States is and uh, UAE Egypt the uh, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, are all and and Russia and China they're all backing the Libyan National Army which is the um, actual army created by the Libyans post Benghazi with the headquarters of Benghazi so what was funny is is that the French came out and said yep you know some of the missiles that the 
these guys have are American made and it's like, yo, I thought we were on the same team. And it's like, but the French also squealed and said, hey, you know, all those migrants that were killed and they're saying that General Haftar did it from Benghazi. Well, they were done with Turkish drones. So it was like the Turkish people bombed their own area with their own Turkish stuff. Because remember, the Turkish people are the army for Tripoli. So it gets complicated. But take a listen to this because it's literally afoot right now. The Coast Guard on alert in Western Libya. They're more used to combating people smuggling and illegal fishing. Now their daily patrols are keeping a lookout for naval forces loyal to Khalifa Haftar. We've been commanded by the Navy commander at the Volcano of Wrath operation to secure the coast extending from Sirt City to Tripoli through conducting patrols and surveillance to spot and prevent any intruder ships. The Coast Guards get orders from Central Command in Tripoli. But Libya's naval forces are divided. Here in Western Libya, Navy units are allied with the UN-recognized government. In Eastern Libya, Haftar's warships patrolled the coast. They were recently sent to the eastern oil port of Raslanouf, east of Sirit City, to support his troops deployed in the nearby Al Sidra oil terminal. This is Al Khomus port, about 120 kilometers east of Tripoli. It is one of the biggest and most important ports in western Libya. Haftar's forces have threatened to block ships coming into and leaving this facility and other ports in Tripoli and Misrata. But the naval officers here say those threats are unrealistic. Libya has been under a UN arms embargo for the past eight years. Despite that, weapons from foreign backers continue to be delivered. Commodore Rida Isa says the UN-recognized government is entitled to import weapons. Haftar's forces have admitted they received arms through sea, land and air, so we will demand UN monitoring of the eastern ports. If they target our vessels or shores, they will be indicted by both local and international laws. As Haftar's ground forces have failed to enter Tripoli over the past three months, and with no international intervention to end the fighting, his naval forces could turn these shores into a new battlefield to try and turn the tide of the war. Mahmoud Abdelwahid, Al Jazeera. So here's what's important about that and why I'm telling you this is because two weeks ago, General Haftar of the Libyan National Army based out of Benghazi said that they declared war on Turkey. And they said if they see a Turkish ship, in their area, they will take it down. Remember, who signed with the UN-recognized Tripoli um, Benghazi? Turkey. Who is sending arms? Turkey. Who is sending ships? Turkey. And what is Turkey doing in the eastern Mediterranean? It is invading sovereign waters. And where do those sovereign waters come up to? Yes, you guessed it. The shores of Israel, the shores of Syria, and the shores of Libya. So this is how the mainstream media tells you, well, we kind of told you that this was going to happen. Look at these bad, bad people doing it. Not the fact that, you know, this country was 
annihilated by the by the Clintons. Uh, you know, when Secretary Clinton went in there, remember she was all joyous that they killed Gaddafi. Remember, and we came, we saw, we died. You know, and she was all excited. Like, who is excited? No matter how big of a dictator, I guess maybe I can surmise with that. I can I can relate because when I was watching Game of Thrones, I really enjoyed the death of King Joffrey, but. Still, in reality, okay, this is a movie. Even in reality, I'd feel bad for him. Even though I knew, even though I'd know what he did to all these people, I'd still feel bad for him, right? Um, If it was reality, like Game of Thrones, right? Just like in this case, this is reality. These are human beings. These are people with souls, with hearts, with families, with loved ones, regardless of how evil they may be, kind of like McCain, really glad to see that that guy is now meeting with his maker and, um, you know, being taken care of in the realm that really counts. But on the other hand, you have to kind of think, wow, it must suck to have a father like that, must suck to have a husband like that, must suck to have a friend like that. But, you know, you probably didn't see that side of him or you were okay with it, whatever, because of your morals. So on that note, I just wanted to tell you guys Things are really, really heating up. The declaration of war, the, hey, you come into my territory, you're done. And now they're warning how, oh, you know, they're, we're patrolling, but, you know, they're all out there. And, you know, I'm just letting you guys know. So let's jump into the really good stuff. Let's talk into, let's jump into the Democrats cannibalizing themselves, something I told you guys in January would happen. And this is more so because Pelosi didn't want to lose her gavel and she let Ocasio-Cortez you know, take that spot. She didn't want Crawley coming in and taking her gavel. So she was like, yep, let's go in all in on this crazy bartender. We have the Hamas caucus. We have Ilhan Omar. I've got tons to tell you on that. We've got Rashida Tlaib. Uh, j- just take a listen to some commentary on this. Here we go. To you. Good morning. Sam. This battle has taken a few turns, particularly in the last 24 hours or so. Where does it go next? Well, I think it probably goes with the president uh, continuing to dig in. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of Republican reaction to it, but Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican senator who is close to the president, said on Fox and Friends a few minutes ago that he talked to the president this morning uh, about the tweets and basically said, look, you're doing great things for the country. Don't get personal. Uh, The problem with the the tweets, I think, is that they were really wrong for a couple of reasons. Uh, The first is the substance of the thing. Three of the four uh, congresswomen were actually born in the United States. Um, But the the other issue was the message that the president is sending to people who come to the United States legally. Uh, If if the United States admits uh, people to the U.S., it wants them to lead uh, productive lives and become Americans. And maybe that's not what the president was saying in his tweets. But the other real problem that Republicans, I think, are worried about uh, is that uh, a lot of Democrats, this progressive group of Democrats and Nancy Pelosi were at each other's throats. They have been fighting recently, and the president has kind of jumped into that and made the story more about him than it was about within these these intra-party tensions inside the Democratic Party. Very interesting. So in a way, Byron, you're making the case that the president, with this battle and these Democratic Congresswomen has taken the focus off this battle that was between Nancy Pelosi and these freshman Congresswomen and put the attention on himself. I know you make the case that he's actually... 
Uh, this is why we can't trust Fox. So let me point something out. The president did say something like go back to where they came from. But does that really mean go back to your country? Like if I tell someone that is American born, hey, dude, you don't need to be here. Go back where you came from. Kind of like what I want to say to one of my senators, um, which I say it out loud anyway, like Senator Hoven, go back to where you came from. Stay in North Dakota. Do your thing. You've robbed enough people. We don't need you in Senate. Doesn't mean go back to another country. First of all, right? Doesn't apply to everyone. So this is them misconstruing what the president is really saying. And listen to their final blow on this. Actually provided some relief to Democrats with this. Absolutely. I mean, this was getting very intense between uh, Speaker Pelosi and some of these uh, new members. And, and even the, the member's staff were getting involved and saying things about uh, uh, saying things about the Speaker. And then the Democratic Party was, was telling people like that to just shut up, to quit criticizing uh, members of Congress. So, they were- so this is how they split Trump's base by saying that, oh, he's not helping them split themselves. You know, he is aiding he is aiding them he is aiding them in their cause with what he's saying he's not he's very specific on what he said because he knows what he's talking about I think I told you guys on Friday that on Thursday I had sent off a lot of documentation I had filed uh, you know complaints with a specific unit in the FBI that looks at foreign influence into our elections and campaigns and whatnot and obviously this has gotten to the higher levels because I had some really ironclad proof proof that me and Laura Loomer all weekend have been plowing through and speaking with many, you know, big uh, heads in media uh, to see how we're going to put this out because it is detrimental that I'll talk about um, in just a bit. In the meantime, what we need to understand is, is that, you know, people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, Ocasio has no business being in Congress. Why? Because she doesn't understand the basics. What's legal? What's not legal? Uh, These are people that are calling for the um, termination of ICE, the termination of borders. They are uh, pulling at heartstrings from ignorant people that don't seem to understand exactly what's going on. Um, it's, It's pretty incredible. And, you know, they're the ones that are saying that there wasn't a crisis, but there is a crisis. I want to play a quick clip from uh, our acting uh, USCIS director. Take a listen to what he says. Use of the asylum system, which is overwhelming parts of the system, even while the board in asylum and over an 800,000 case immigration case backlog in the Department of Justice. It would seem that this is aimed at countries like Mexico. Have you communicated with Mexico on this idea? Uh, This has been part of the discussion with other countries, and those discussions, as you've seen in 2019, Bill, have been very productive. We've gotten more cooperation from Mexico this year than I can ever remember. And we hope that will not only continue, but expand. This is going to send a clear message, though, to people considering coming up illegally to this country to overwhelm our borders with the hope that they'll get by that first uh, hurdle and then disappear into our interior, that that isn't going to happen anymore. Uh, Can this be challenged in a legal sense? Uh, Well, you know, God bless America. Anybody can sue you for anything. It doesn't mean they get to win. And uh, I've been through this regulation and the legal foundation for it. It is extremely strong, obviously based in the Immigration and Nationality Act. Um, It is consistent 
with previous types of regulations that have been put in place under that legal authority by both Republican and Democrat administrations. So it's, we start from a very strong legal position with this, and we wouldn't move forward if we didn't think we could defend so it and successfully. Were you the one pushing for this, or who was at the spear of this? Oh, well, it certainly wasn't just me. And recall, I've been acting director of USCIS mm -hmm. uh, since only the beginning of the summer. And so this work began sometime before I got there. This is certainly in the avenue of efforts that I'm advocating for and pushing and that people at USCIS are working very hard every day to accomplish. So then in a, in a positive outcome, given this, this rule, I will call it, what do you hope to come from it, sir? That's an excellent question, Bill. What we hope to come from it is that the people actually claiming asylum at our southern border are legit. <laughs> uh, there are so many people clogging our legal and legitimate asylum claims with illegitimate claims. We have a grant rate of asylum right now of barely over 10%, Bill. That means almost 90% of the people pouring themselves into our asylum system really don't have a shot at obtaining asylum in this country, and they're clogging the system for legitimate claims of persecution for political and religious reasons and all the so other let, reasons. So let's see if that's just like Tommy Robinson. That is a legitimate asylum claim. That is a legitimate assignment claim. My country is after me. My country is falsely imprisoning me. My country is putting my life at risk. My country would like to see me dead. Those are asylum claims. Jumping on a caravan because some dude paid you money and coached you as to come to uh, how to come here or because, you know, your cornfield didn't have enough jobs, you know, last week isn't an asylum claim. That is not how you seek asylum. And that is 100% correct. And the harder we enforce this, the more we deter people coming in on these caravans because then they're completely displaced. But in, in, in essence, Mexico is stepping up because that displacement is causing them harm. It's causing the Mexicans harm. It's causing a rise in homelessness, a rise in crime, a rise in disorder. Uh, you know, their um, social system in Mexico is completely drained. They don't even have money for their own people. It kind of reminds us of what's going on here, right? So this is super important to remember that now in order to seek asylum like if I say for example knock on wood something happens and Hillary is alive and well never goes to jail and she becomes elected president I'm telling you I'm going to be the first one seeking asylum somewhere because she will come after me like nobody's business right I'm just saying this is what you do like legit they're going to suicide me you know legit this is going to happen this is why I need to come to your country let me in that is when you're fearful of your life think of um um, I think of, um, mm, wait, we have political prisoners here. So there, there was a guy, uh, and I'm missing the name in Alaska that went after some people and he's literally in jail. I know that he's applied for like a pardon, a review because it was like corrupt FBI agents, corrupt government that all like put him in a neat little box and threw him away um, into one of these dark uh, facilities. Uh, those are people, those are legitimate requests. Um, if you're a Christian and you're in Somalia and you run across the border and beg Kenya to take you in, you say, take me in because, you know, uh, the, the Al-Shabaab has control of my village and they're executing Christians. They will kill me. I am a Christian. That's legitimate asylum. 
sways some uh, from coming here. Just Absolutely. two more quick questions. The ice raids over the weekend, what can you report on numbers? Uh, no reports on numbers uh, or, or status of ice. This is ICE doing their job every day. It's, it's, it's a sign of how far we've fallen that it's even newsworthy. I mean, they go after employers breaking the law. They go after illegal immigrants who have removal orders. Uh, there are over a million of those in the country. Um, they do that on a daily basis. The fact that there is so much publicity around current efforts uh, tends to uh, lose all of the other efforts that good, loyal, professional ICE agents are making every day. Okay. Ken Cuccinelli, thank you for your time today. Good to be there, with you, Bill. There's a new rule. We'll see what effect it has. Breaking the news today here on America's Newsroom. Thank you, sir. Much more on this and the ideas put forward on the new rules and the raids. Brandon Judd is here, National Border Patrol Council. In about 20 minutes, also Brian Hastings will join us as our headliner coming up next hour here today on a busy Monday. All right. We look forward to all that. Meanwhile, President Trump doubling down this morning on those. Okay, and before we get into that, I just wanted to say, um, you know, with all these illegal uh, migrants that have driver's licenses, it's going to be a lot easier to catch them with this unconstitutional uh, program that the FBI has, which is called FBI Face Services. So uh, before we head into break, I want to play this clip about what President Trump said, how Ilhan Omar is and how she responds. And then I'm going to tell you some things about Ilhan Omar that are quite shocking. I did introduce them on Friday. Um, Laura is currently in Minnesota so this story will be breaking later on today as well on print um, it's pretty fascinating take a listen those tweets slamming several freshman Democratic Congresswomen, tweets that critics have been blasting as racist. Trump attacking the progressive lawmakers in a series of tweets over the weekend, telling them to, quote, go back where they came from. He tweeted on it again this morning, writing this. When will the radical left Congresswomen apologize to our country, the people of Israel, and even to the office of the president for the foul language they have used and the terrible things that they have said? So many people are angry at them and their horrible and disgusting actions. Jillian Turner with more at the White House for us this morning. Jillian, good morning. Good morning, Sandra. So, so far this morning, White House officials have not been eager to weigh in on that highly controversial tweet yesterday in which President Trump said those four progressive Democratic members should, quote, go back to the places they came from. In the case of Tlaib, before we break, I just wanted to say, um, you know, she was the one that applauded uh discriminatory ticketing in Michigan. If you remember two weeks ago, I filed a police report. I wrote about it. I told you about it, how they were charging white people double the amount to get into an event as opposed to people of color. And I kicked up a stink. That was actually rectified. But remember, it was Rashida Tlaib's office that said, it's not racism if you're not a protected minority. So these are the people that are representing the values of the United States. Rashida needs to go back to where she came from and that's the bowels of Detroit I'll see you all in just a bit after this short break and we'll cover Omar the Hamas caucus and Epstein welcome to Red State Talk Radio You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori.
we'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So like I said, this hour, we are going to talk about Ilhan Omar. We are going to talk about Epstein. Um, it is going to be pretty amazing, the stuff you're going to hear. And I guess, you know, at the beginning of my hour, um, I was attempting to introduce uh, some new mode of transportation that these guys have. And I've been kind of, um, we're going to be talking talking about submarines believe it or not um but in in, the, in it, let's just say what you're going to hear today is pretty incredible now um the White House Chief of Staff actually responded um, and had a little bit of a gaggle with some reporters just a few, uh, just this morning in regards to the tweets the president sent out. Remember, go back to where you came from doesn't mean your country. It means just crawl back into your hole. We had to ask him three times, Sandra, about the tweet before he finally addressed it. in this country um, are members of our... Seek out legal advice personally of what your obligations are. Because Garvey, in your Georgetown report, you found that, and I quote, there is no independent... President Trump himself, though, isn't shying away from the controversy. Not only is he standing by his tweet, he appears to be going all in, tweeting again just a few moments ago, if Democrats want to unite around the foul language and racist hatred spewed from the mouths and actions of these very unpopular and unrepresentative congresswomen, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I can tell you they have made Israel Israel feel abandoned by the United States. This attack on four female Democrats came yesterday, the same day his Homeland Security team began raids on undocumented migrants spread across the country and threatened to deport them back to their home countries. Democratic leadership says taken together, these actions paint a picture of a commander in chief who believes in dividing Americans in racial categories. Nancy Oh my gosh, did they just say that? This is incredible because who is the one um, segregating Americans into racial categories? It is the Democrats. It is them that approve of discriminatory pricing based on color. It is them that approve that, um, you know, illegal migrants and um, foreigners have more rights to our country than our own people. So in all honesty, uh, you know, they're trying to spin this in that sense and it's just not going to work. What I wanted to say about Ilhan Omar, um, and I am, you know, a little bit shocked, is that she tweeted uh, yesterday evening the following. There are a few things more dreadful than dealing with a man who knows he's going under in his own eyes and in the eyes of others. Nothing can help that man. What is left of that man flees from what is left of human attention. You know, and this is from, she's quoting James Baldwin. First of all, that counts to her. 
Okay, that is up to her, her hateful rhetoric against the United States, against what we have done, um, you know, as a nation, how we are progressing as a nation to become sovereign again, to become strong again. And like today, you know, right now we have the made in the USA, you know, speech that our president is giving. Yes, we have confidence again in our own product, in our own workers, in our own business, in our own people. We are reinventing investing in our country. And that is important. Okay. The democratic party is being destroyed by the rhetoric that they are pushing. We saw Alexandria Cortez sit there. Cortez just sat there. Okay. In front, uh, you know, of a panel and tried to say that, you know, illegals have rights. And no, you don't seek asylum by going through the back door or, you know, treading through a river. It's by going through the legal port of entry, legal port of entry. You come in here illegally. That's what? Illegal, which means not lawful. You've already broken a law coming into our country. On that basis, only people should be deported immediately. Now, moving along, okay, let's talk. Uh, we need to talk about Ilhan Omar. So the whole comment of her going back, right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, how could this be? This is horrific. How could he say that? This is incredible. This is such hateful rhetoric. Let me tell you something about Ilhan Omar. Let me tell you something about the Somalis, okay, that you probably don't know. So the current president of Somalia, Abdullahi, who just, you know, coincidentally has the same last name as Omar, he used to work for the Somali government. He was like an ambassador for them. So he then came here in the 80s um, with the embassy and um When he came here with the embassy in the 80s, he applied for asylum while he was in the country. And so he was awarded asylum and now is, and that president of Somalia right now is a dual citizen of the United States and Somalia. Now, prior to him becoming president, okay, prior to him becoming president, he, um, was living in New York, in Buffalo, New York. He went to SUNY, got a degree, and then worked for the Department of Transportation uh, in New York. And then he ran for president. Okay, just so you guys know. So this guy came here, requested asylum, worked, uh, got an education, and went to Somalia. Now, many people will say, well, he's more westernized, um, so maybe that'll do good to Somalia. Yeah, you would think. Here's the deal. Well, people don't seem to understand what Al-Shabaab is about. And let me just help you guys with it. So back in the day, we're talking like 80s, right? Um the Ethiopians um, invaded, as you would say, Somalia. So this resistance movement of the Somalis entering uh, into, um, you know, um, Somalia became, and it came to be. And that resistance group, you know, to uh, keep Somalia sovereign was called Al-Shabaab. 
So the whole point was to keep Somalia as it is, to keep it Muslim like it is, and ensure that Islamism is the ultimate rule of law in Somalia and not what the Ethiopians want. Now, I've told you that the Ethiopians at one point, some point, so let me reiterate it, are one of the strongest historical Christian nations, um, but they are they are split. They have their Muslim faith people and they're Christian. Remember, they say that the Ark, the Ark and all these, uh, you know, these relics from the time of Jesus have been housed in Ethiopia. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, if you've ever seen... Um, if you've never seen uh, a resurrection, like, you know, uh, Easter celebration by Ethiopians, you should. Um, I've uh, witnessed it overseas um, in Egypt once, and um, I've seen it in Portland. The Ethiopians are just have fabulous celebrations for Christian Easter. Obviously, they... Um, celebrate Easter just like the Greeks late because we like cheap candy no it's because we go with the Passover right anyway um so this is something that people need to understand. They brought in Christianity back in the late 70s into Somalia. And then the Ethiopians kind of invaded in the sense of invaded their structure, uh, bringing in Christianity. So this is how Al-Shabaab came to be, just so you guys know, that they wanted Islamism. That's the way it is, blah, 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 blah. So um, it's a resistance, this resistance was never called a terrorist organization up until um, 20, I would like to say 2015. Uh, and the reason I say this is because um, back in 2011, um, you know, when the U.S. kind of pulled out whatever support they had in Somalia. Um, Turkey went in and established a base there, a military base in Somalia, where they train uh, Somali soldiers for war. Okay. Now, the story of Ilhan Omar goes is that they fled um, Somalia. They went to Kenya. And then from Kenya, they applied for asylum in the U.S., even though they were well situated in Kenya. Now, my sources, unconfirmed yet, state that Ilhan Omar was actually born in 1977, not 1981, as she claims. And that's normal, just so you guys know, that when refugees come here, they declare their age as they see fit. And Omar would have changed her age to be four years younger to count as a minor. They do that all the time. We have them in Fargo where they're grown ass men in high school and you know they're 25, but the paperwork says they're 17 or 18, so they could go to high school with your kids. And this is how we have incidents like we did in Fargo last year where we had Osama Muyo. Osama, uh, Muya, Osman Muya, sorry, uh, rape two children that were 13 years old because they were going to the same school together when it turns out Osman Muya Osman is actually, you know, a 26-year-old grown-ass man. Um, so it is something that the State Department knows about. Most of these refugees have fake paperwork, no paperwork, made up paperwork or self declarations. So this is the case of Ilhan Omar too, uh, which is also uh, known to have derived from a Somali pirate uh, gangs, her family. Anyway, so here's where it gets really interesting about Omar. So she has been on the rhetoric of hating everything Western, the same rhetoric that Al-Shabaab has. And the bombing that happened um, the day before yesterday in Somalia dictates that. I mean, even Al-Shabaab themselves, you know, 14 hours they held these people at this hotel. They attacked them brutally and they were 
you know, talking about how they, you know, cornered them in there, how they killed them and how happy they were. They got a white one, too. I don't know who the white one is, but there were journalists in there. And, you know, two Americans have already been confirmed dead. And Ilhan Omar was nowhere to be found to say something. And she won't. Why? Well, like I told you on Friday, um, you know, Christopher Ray established this um, specific department within the FBI called the Foreign Influence Task Force. And that's basically to counteract any um, foreign influence operations with the U.S. in regards to our uh, elections and our U.S. political sentiment. Now, I want to take your eyes to Turkey. Turkey, according to the State Department, is on a level three travel advisory. So there's four levels, right? One is exercise normal precautions, like if you go somewhere, be aware of your surroundings, etc. Two, exercise increased caution, which means, hey, you know, there's a little bit of unrest. They might have had like a, a school shooting or something in that country or something. Just be a little bit more alert. Three is reconsider travel, which means, uh, I don't think you need to go there. And four is like, do not travel because we can't help you if you go there. It's kind of like if you go to Venezuela, it's like, dude, you're on your own. I mean, we're telling you not to travel, but if you go there, you know, we might not be able to help you. This is all about the State Department being able to help their citizens. So three, reconsidering travel. So this is where Turkey is. Now, I want to say something about Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar has had two private conversations over the telephone that we know of that are publicly disclosed with the Turkish foreign minister, uh, Kavusoglu. Uh, he called to congratulate her on her election and her re-election, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want to take you back in time to 2017 when General Flynn was under fire for having a lunch with the Turkish foreign minister, Gavusoglu, but also to Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes as well was, was part of that, and they attacked him. The mainstream media put out this thing. How could he sit down and have lunch with the enemy of the United States? They're not our ally. They're hostile. They're this. They're that. Mind you, those articles are gone, but I have them archived, so we're able to cite it in the article that should be going up later on today. Now, that being said, you know, why is Ilhan Omar getting congratulations from Turkey's foreign minister? What you don't know about Turkey, or you may know, is that they are one of the the strongest Muslim Brotherhood supporters. Erdogan was actually, his mentor was the president that brought Islamism in the 70s back into Turkey and is one of the founding fathers of the core Muslim, Islam, Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, they believe in Islamism, that nations should be run through Islam, period. So she's meeting, she's having phone calls with these guys, right? Big no-no. But she also had a closed door meeting with the president of Turkey. Now, this has been widely reported, but no one said anything. How is this not a problem? You're speaking with a country behind closed doors that is not our ally. The only commonality we have with Turkey right now is the fact that they are part of NATO. Other than that, they are invading foreign borders. They are buying missiles from Russia, refusing to comply with our, you know, typical mandate of, hey, we don't want intellectual property and secret shared with the F-35 program, we know that they funded and they aided and abetted the ISIS, um, you know, terror cells in Syria. We know they harbor terrorists. We know they're 
pawning and, and, and selling off stolen gold, uranium and arms and oil from Turkey, um, you know, from other nations through Turkey. They are Iran's strongest ally, right? They are going against everything Western. And so now we have Ilhan Omar, a person that hates our country, hanging out with this dictator behind closed doors. Not only that, though. She's also had two closed door meetings with the ambassador of Turkey, uh, the Turkish consul general Umut Akar, for lunch and a tour and whatnot, twice. Twice, I kid you not, twice. So this is a closed door meeting with an ambassador. How many times have we heard, oh, so-and-so phoned, uh, you know, Ambassador Kislyak and so-and-so called this ambassador. And so if it's on the right, it is wrong. It is like, why are you talking to these people? These are hostiles. But here we have an actual hostile nation. Not only is she meeting behind closed doors with the ambassadors, but also the president. And here's the kicker. Awad, who is the head of care, right, had put out that he was meeting with Rouhani, the president of Iran and Erdogan together. Well, here's what's the kicker. So Wednesday night, I guess it's Thursday night, our morning, like 3 a.m., I was up and I was listening to radio. Now, the way I uh, learn about what's going on in the Middle East, just so you guys know, I don't have a problem exposing my methods because there are so many multiple ones, but this one seems to work, is that there are um, cells of uh, people, independent Syrians, basically, um, that, you know, that are closer to, you know, they're on the eastern side of Syria that can pull the Iranian Republic News radio station. So what they do is they then, you know, blast it online uh, through different channels that sometimes they drop, sometimes they don't. Um, and this is for their people to know what Iran is doing, but what Turkey's doing as well, because Iran reports on that. Well, during that, you know, um, Listen, and I don't know what possessed me to be up and, and actually respond to the to the alert that I had on my phone and listen to it. But they were talking about, you know, how Turkey has put their foot down with the United States, how westernization this and that. You know, they were talking smack, basically. But this commentator said something that shook me. Uh, it said, well, Turkey has been, uh, you know, making it public for months now. That is it important that our um, Turkish uh, people around the world help uh, this um, woman, Ilhan Omar, uh, who is a Somali and sitting in Congress in the U.S. because she will help, uh, you know, help us against um, normalizing and regulating the way the West acts or making it better. Uh, you know, her Farsi was like really slangish. So this is like, you know, off memory too. I did jot it down, but that's basically what she was saying. Like, you know, uh, she's going to make it better and uh, make sure that she fixes the West, you know, to be more right. And then she went on to say, you know, uh, Rouhani and Erdogan sat down with her and had a meeting and Rouhani said he was very impressed with how she was already taking action in the United States. And I was like, wait, wait, wait hold on a second. Are you saying that Omar met with the president of Iran? Like what? And then I thought, wait, the head of care was with her when she met with Erdogan. And that was when, you know, 
they got together like what is going on here so this was super freaky i freaked out i was like no way obviously you can't hold on to live feeds um obviously you can't track dead ends and obviously you can't listen to iranian radio unless they allow you to listen to it you know (laughs) so this is this is crazy right so i'm thinking so now we have a woman that is literally working with these people remember the u.s and Turkey just themselves have strained relations because they're harboring and funding terrorists. They're funding and aiding Iran. They're refusing to impose sanctions on Iran. They bought the S-400 missiles. They're part of the Muslim Brotherhood. They're aggressively entered in and, and violated Cyprus's waters and they're threatening Greece and Israel now. They aggressively demand the expansion of their territorial waters. They signed the defense agreement with the Libyan GNA army. Like this is like an aggressive nation. Now, when I was like doing work, you know, to see what is going on. And I was like, this is crazy. I need to report this. How to see how I'm going to report it. So I was looking into some like rules of like, you know, when would someone be stripped of citizenship? And I came across this case where it was discussing how the Logan Act was like, you know, trying to be applied, which is barring any U.S. citizen from interacting with a foreign government to influence policy. Now, this is like an idea that's overly broad and no one has been prosecuted in over 200 years about this. But specifically, there was this case that was cited in discussing of stripping a guy or a woman who aligned as being communists. Uh, it's called uh, Brill versus Dulles, um, B-R-I-E-H-L versus Dulles, D-U-L-L-E-S, which was a case in, about ruling to deny the renewal or issuance of a U.S. passport to someone who's a member of a communist party. Now, we know Omar is part of the Socialist Party. She's part of the Hamas Party. She's part of the Muslim Brotherhood Party. She's part of Islamism Party. Um, we know this. Now, there are those statutes already that can identify people that act as agents of foreign governments uh, that have disputes with the United States of America or are implemented or placed in positions to defeat the measures of the United States. And this is exactly what Ilhan Omar falls under. She is acting like an agent to foreign governments. She is meeting with hostile governments. She is repeating rhetoric of those hostile foreign governments. She's having closed door meetings. And she is someone that is serving on our Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, which is a huge problem. Um, And this is, you know, this committee, committee is so important has clearance and is has access to information that our enemies would would give their right arm for and so she is having exceptional relationships with hostile nations that seek nothing more than to take down our nation so her actions are indeed what treasonous because treason is defined as whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies giving them aid and comfort of course she's giving them aid and comfort guys the Iranian news agency the state agency the Iranian state news agency runs articles about Ilhan Omar she is their darling she is their darling in the press Iran talks about Ilhan Omar. Need I say more? This is incredible. Now, Turkey also is acting a lot more like an enemy than anything. And I'll tell you what, I'll read you a quote from the Huffington Post that published this article that I found that they deleted, of course. Of course. 
uh, talking about Turkey when, you know, they were attacking Devin Nunes and other people that met with the foreign minister of Turkey with another 50, 60 people. So it wasn't closed door. It wasn't private phone calls. It was closed door. So listen to this quote. As for connections with radical Islam, Erdogan has worked with the Islamist and aggressive regimes such as Sudan and Iran. His Justice and Development Party, AKP, has roots similar to those attacked by Flynn. Erdogan's government has supported the Muslim Brotherhood, which Flynn criticized and claimed to be the tradition of Gulen's teaching. Finally, as noted earlier, Erdogan initially aided the Islamic State's rise in Syria. Mm. So this is what they used to say about Turkey. Where is all of that now that Omar is having closed door meetings? Where is all of this now when she's meeting with the president of Turkey closed door, with the ambassador closed door and getting phone calls from the foreign prime minister and the actual country of Turkey put out a press release, a huge article that was put out to all state media and has been repeated and repeated internationally throughout the Turkish community, probably through those clowns, the young Turks too, these Ottomans, geez. And so they're asking people to ensure that Ilhan Omar get reelected and that they fund her campaign. Now, we all know that foreign contributions are illegal. So we won't see Ilhan Omar getting money, I don't know, from Erdogan cutting her a check, but he'll probably cut it to care. And then Carol will probably cut it to her. Or it'll cut to care, Carol will cut it to another one, that'll cut it to another one, and then give it to her. This is where we need to follow the money and nail them. But in the meantime, I don't think she'll make it till then because there is so much scrutiny right now. I mean, we had FISA warrants issued on less, you know, pertinent things. We had FISA warrants issued uh, based on fake dossiers and word of mouth. Here we have proof. Like I have screenshots where they're talking about this, these meetings that have then since been deleted but kept. Uh, so this is pretty incredible. Like Ilhan Omar is literally speaking negatively about us to our enemies. She actually traveled to Istanbul and uh, was asked to speak at an event there. And she spoke about how our nation is racist and created a Muslim ban and how horrible we are. If anything, Ilhan Omar should go back from where she came from. I'll see you guys all in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So on that note, just to close it, Omar needs to go. And it will happen sooner rather than later um, because I'm pretty sure that there are already FISA warrants issued. If they were issued for less, this should warrant it quite easily. Now, let's get into Epstein because there's some really hot stuff that I try to mention. I was hijacked. But, you know, we all talk about these jets and airplanes, you know, that are used by the filthy rich and famous. And a lot of people have to wonder, like, how is it that these people go uh, so unnoticed. You know, how do they travel with all these children that are being, you know, ushered uh, into the island? Because at the island, they're getting a lot of kids delivered through, uh, you know, their Caribbean and, you know, sources from uh, where they need in Haiti, you know, because there is a specific, you know, take to those with more melanin in their skin. Uh, there is a specific take uh, to su- specific mitochondrial haplogroups like those of Native Americans. So it is um, a highly specific market of what they ask for. So before we get into how they do it, which I'll mention um, and kind of just let you do your own work because this is very unspoken of. Um, I'm going to tell you with the Europeans what was said on France 24 about this. Take a listen to them. Well, as far as the sound bites go. All right. A story that uh, in the United States, which seemed like a domestic story, and which here in Europe we have uh, mostly shied away from, but this Friday a new development. We're talking about a wealthy financier who's hobnobbed with U.S. presidents, current and former. The case of Jeffrey Epstein, who this week was accused of sexually abusing dozens of underage girls, perhaps more to come, now forcing the resignation of Donald Trump's labor secretary. Alex Acosta, seen here alongside Trump at the White House, was the top federal prosecutor at the Justice Department's Miami Bureau when he oversaw a 2008 non-prosecution agreement with Epstein, who avoided federal charges and served 
13 months in uh, jail. Uh, did the labor secretary have to go, Christopher Dickey? Because, you know, U.S. federal prosecutors, sometimes they lower the charges to make sure they get a conviction. I think that Acosta made a reasonable case for what he did uh, when he gave a press conference. But This on is Dickey of the Daily Beast. State prosecutors. So that was not good. And it's not a good optic for this president, particularly, yeah. to have someone in his cabinet who's given a sweetheart deal to uh, basically a child molester. And, well, not basically, to an alleged child molester. Uh, alleged. He changed girls. that. So I think that uh, I don't think it was an extreme thing for Acosta to go. And I think it's interesting that he went so quickly. I think it shows how nervous Trump actually is about this, even though I suspect he personally was not involved in any of uh, Epstein's abuses. I think uh, he certainly was a buddy of Epstein. Now, for the, the Daily Beast broke the story and it's got a Paris angle uh, to it, uh, Christopher. We can <laughs> call up. Tell, tell us about this picture here. Uh, that's Epstein's apartment here in Paris. It's on the second floor. It's the one, it's sort of the middle windows there. With The, the curtains are drawn. I'm not sure if you can see that. Mm. Uh, I went over there the other day and uh, to see if there was anybody around who knew Epstein. And to my surprise and delight, there was a man at lunchtime who was walking into the, uh, had a key to the gate and was walking into the apartment building. And I said, so how do you, do you know Epstein? And he says, yeah, I know him as a neighbor. He was careful. <laughs> and I said, well, huh. So... I thought I'd phrase this diplomatically. He said, oh, he said, I, he left a couple of days ago. I said, yeah, he left five days ago and he was arrested and as soon as he landed in the States and charged with all this child abuse or all this sexual uh, uh, issues with uh, underage girls. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, so you didn't see any underage girls coming and going here, did you? And he said, me see, yes, I did. I said, Oh, yeah? Did he call the cops? No, I didn't ask him if he called the cops. I was so surprised he said yes. And I said, I said, so, hmm. And he said, yeah. He says, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Wow. <laughs> then he walked inside and Isn't closed the gate. Interesting? He saw an Okay, so this is what we're not hearing on our side of the pond, right? So uh, I'll tell you, Jeff Epstein's apartment in Paris is in a really nice location. It has one of the best bakeries that make um, a spinoff of the Greek souvlaki in a baguette, where they put like this stick of meat in a baguette, freshly baked baguette, and then they put like that tzatziki garlic sauce sauce in it and tomatoes and some french fries and it is just to die for there's also a food cart that sits just on his block you know after hours because that's how you get to know um uh, you know countries um with one of the best dirty disgusting i'm drunk food that you would get um also uh in regards to the children there so I have, as you know, a lot of friends in Paris, and I am waiting to get back exclusive uh, information in regards to Epstein's um, ages of these children that have been coming in and out and prominent faces of Europe. 
that have entered and exited, namely one person. And I'm going to tell this uh, to you guys first, and I'm waiting to see if we can get any pictures. So this is unconfirmed, but I'm still saying it is Juncker. The guy that heads the EU Council. So this is pretty interesting. It's coming up to become extremely interesting. Now, before I tell you more on this, I want you guys to listen to how Kellyanne Conway um, spoke about uh, Epstein when the press asked her. I want you to hear the beginning where they're like, hi, Kellyanne. They're all nice. And then they attack her. Take a listen. Morning, Morning, Kellyanne. Does the president of Pelosi, Secretary Acosta, tweeted uh, that Alex Acosta, the plea agreement that he struck was unconscionable and that he needs to step down? A couple of questions for you. Does the White House believe that plea agreement that Acosta struck was indeed unconscionable? And does he enjoy the support of the president? Well, first, let me just deal with Nancy Pelosi and her tweet, which I haven't seen, but I'm not surprised. Uh, it's classic her and her Democratic Party to not focus on the perpetrator at hand and instead to focus on a member of the Trump administration. They're so obsessed with this president that uh, they immediately go to Alex Acosta rather than Jeffrey Epstein. As far as I can see, Jeffrey Epstein is the one who allegedly, but allegedly, but it sure looks like strong evidence to me, um, is touching, if not raping, young girls. We'll see what the evidence provides. But uh, it, these these charges, as Jeffrey Berman said in New York yesterday, are unconscionable. Uh, they shock the conscience. They do for me. You don't have to have a teenage daughter to feel uh, that pigs who touch young girls as such children, touching children as that, should rot in hell. But it sure helps to have a teenage daughter and feel that way. Uh, and now, for uh, the, I talked to the president this morning. He hasn't talked to or had contact with Epstein in years and years and years. And uh, over a decade, at least, he said. And he met Alex Acosta when Alex applied and got the job, where he's doing a great job. I mean, look at the economy. So I know everybody, you want to revisit what happened in Florida. New York is, has applied fresh charges to Jeffrey Epstein because they have a right to do that. And, uh, and I, I hope we're all paying attention to who the true perpetrator is here. What frustrations have said he's on thin ice? The president told me this morning he hasn't talked to Epstein. He doesn't think he's talked to him or seen him in 10 or 15 years. Uh, and he, like everyone else, sees these charges, the description of these charges against Epstein as uh, completely unconscionable and obviously criminal. This Okay, so that was her responding on behalf of the president and saying things, uh, you know, that we already know that he hasn't seen him in years. He obviously rubbed elbows with him because President Trump is one of the rich and one of the famous. And who uh, was the people that these groups of people uh, targeted to get insurance on? Right. The rich and the famous. So here we go talking about Epstein. So remember how I mentioned over a week ago, hey, you know, it's great that we're seeing New York come under strain. And I saw this, you know, indictment saying we're going to confiscate this house in New York and we're going to do all this and whatnot. And I'm like, well, what happened in New Mexico? And supposedly people jumped on that finally, uh, you know, because I, I don't have the bandwidth. With. I do my own thing. You know what I mean? But New Mexico is going to be exciting because you're going to see names of people that are dead like McCain come up. Um, and that'll be really interesting uh, in regards to the ranch there and what was going on because a lot happens happened on that ranch. Uh, so where do we go? 
I mean, we've exposed this network, thanks to El Chapo, I say it again, who exposed Nexium from the former president of Mexico, his son, who was the head of Nexium in Mexico, uh, the connection with Epstein. This is all about getting insurance. I mean, how do you blackmail people that come into power? How do you blackmail politicians? You can't blackmail them and force them to do anything unless it's something atrocious right atrocious it has to be atrocious and having sex with children or being a pedovore or participating in satanic type rituals is a pretty uh pretty pretty bad and pretty pretty stellar blackmail I would say so now we see that those that have been hunting down children are the ones that are in trouble now and you know a lot of people are focused you know on Maxwell and you know the connections you know with Bronfman and um, Wexler and all these but the, the 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 bottom line is we have to see who else is in this? You know, how are all these people that were in the past, you know, coming up? You know, we're going uh, far. We're talking pictures from the days of yore. We're talking people from the days of yore. We're talking about stars that we've seen have meltdowns like Britney Spears. There's going to be so much coming out. And the bottom line is because I've said this before, we cannot trust people of the old guard ever. And I say this about Barr, not to, 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 to condemn what he's doing or, or see, we don't know what he's doing. And the bottom line is, um, you know, one can see it as being, like I said a couple weeks ago, like the movie Godfather 3, right? Remember when I said that? It's kind of more about redemption. I did all this bad stuff and I want to fix it. Who is the one that's going for redemption? Did Barr do something bad? His father was actually hurt by Epstein. Could it be that he entered and complied and kept his head down waiting for that opportunity to get revenge on what happened to his dad? I mean, you don't know because it was at that time that he joined the CIA when his father had issues um, as headmaster of the school, having hired Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, these are things, you know, we need to look at. The scandals from Enron that the Clintons and Jeffrey Epstein orchestrated and got money from. Uh, You know, we've got so much out there um, coming out with this, and it's so nefarious, and now people are starting to wake up. People are starting to realize, oh my gosh, this is real. You know, over the weekend, um, drone footage of Jeffrey Epstein's island was going around. And I spoke with a couple of friends that are reporters that were always like, eh, that doesn't really happen. And it's like, mm. you know, I was a tinfoil hat wearer. And I was like, I've interviewed kids and teenagers and people that are adults now that have been victim of these rings domestically. Can you imagine being on a global scene? How many unnamed children there are? But anyway, what I want to pull your attention to is if you actually can find this video um it zooms in on this like temple structure that has like a lot of egyptian symbolism um and more so of that of renewal of life and death but what you'll notice is is that there's a field that has benches around it and it looks like um there's like a uh, like a kind of like a moot you know like around it uh, where you know, it's kind of like sectioned off, like dug around this square. And there were a lot of people online saying, Oh, there's a queue there. No, no. I'll tell you what that's for. So 
uh, in these um, in some of these rituals from back in the day, right? What you'll notice on on the ground there is burned ground, burned ground. Again, I say it burned. Uh, this is where they torch. Um, and set things on fire. And you'll notice that this field uh, has benches as if people just sat around and watched. Uh, and that was, that is horrific, if you think about it. Completely horrific. You'll also see this weird uh, clock, you know, a huge sundial, which is pretty cool, right? If it was just a sundial. But it's... Um, almost Stonehenge-like, you know, with uh, rocks around it and seating and it's not aligned correctly and where the 12 is, it's kind of creepy. People are starting to see that, whoa, um, this can be really, really um, not good, right? This is a very big problem. This is reality. People are starting to see that this is real. It's not a tinfoil hat thing. Uh, you know, why would someone have this random, uh, you know, temple? And then there's this also earth field. Uh, it's kind of like a football. It's massive, but it's like made of earth to kind of like uh, separate it, which is super weird. And people... Um, you know, not the field where there were burning people, but where they had human sacrifices. This was like a place where um, uh, the action of the hunt would happen. So basically, they would release children into fields. This is historical, right? Um, in that sense. And uh, they would hunt them. So throughout the island, they would hunt and then um, conduct rituals within uh, this um, arena. So in this arena is where everyone would kind of think of the bull fighting, you know, where they throw like knives into the bull, which I found I find excruciating, you know, because they literally kill the bull with knives as the bull's fighting for his life. Right. And then everybody eats the bull. But that's basically what they would do to their victims and so it's um it's an arena like the bull uh so i just wanted to point out that these nefarious uh things are coming to light causing people to feel uncomfortable uh very uncomfortable because these are things that people don't want in their purview. These are things you can't unsee. But the thing that's going to come up from this, and I mentioned it before, are these um, charities. Do you remember when Hillary Clinton was running for office? Was it Schwartz, his name? was his, I think his name was Schwartz. There was a guy that was her campaign staffer in New York that got caught for having sex with infants and was calling some undercover cop asking if he can, you know, do stuff to his kid. He was the head of this um, organization that was there for victims, child uh, victims of child sexual abuse. He was the head of that. He even got like some award from uh, the um, 
Human Rights Coalition, and he's gotten all these awards for supposedly um, helping children, right? So what we're going to see is Crimes Against Children, which is one organization which is based out of New Hampshire, actually, from the University of New Hampshire, Um is going to be coming to light. So I'm mentioning New Hampshire because we talked about Vice President Pence not going to New Hampshire. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So I'm just letting you know that, that the, at the University of New Hampshire is where the base of child's, a child children uh, mm, crimes against children is based, aside from the one in the UK, right? So there's going to be a few organizations that are going to be coming to light, like the NYC um, uh, Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children. There's victims of uh, child um, sexual abuse. And then there's like this child trafficking something something organization. So there's like about four of these that are going to be coming out. One of them is coming out of New Hampshire. Again, New Hampshire. Remember who, how the vice president turned around and left. So this Epstein case, is going to keep us busy for a while and Mueller is going to be coming into the scope too because we need to know what they have on them okay now like I promised I was going to tell you about you know the child and sex trafficking and how they maneuver uh, these uh, children Remember when I said about New Mexico, right? So in New Mexico, on on his ranch, there is a man-made maze for the hunt. And again, you'll see that there is also a field just like the one on the island. I'm telling you this because this is actual firsthand knowledge of this maze. And this maze was used for the hunt again, a different sacrificial type. This is the initiation camp. This is where it's secluded. No one talks. And they have pure access, like direct access uh, to Native Americans, which are supposed the most prime uh, thing on the menu uh, in these kind of um, activities. So uh, this is something very interesting that will be coming to light soon. Now there is... um, There are charges, like we said, in the Southern District of New York, but what's happening with... um, New Mexico, and that should be coming out. Some people are saying that they're giving information to the Southern District of New York. Mm, There's investigations looking into the child trafficking rings um, that coordinate with New Mexico through Nevada via all our Native American uh, reservations that we have up north, that including North Dakota. So I wanted to tell you guys... um, I wanted to remind you guys something. Do you remember when President Trump was in Arlington at Arlington Cemetery and uh, there was discussion of tunnels and Elon Musk was in the news about tunnels and all these underground things and whatnot. Now, Elon Musk uh, is an insane genius and knows how to do things. But he's also the um, brainchild of using subterranean and uh, aquatic uh, housing features. Why do I say this? Well, there's a report, and it should be coming to light soon, of uh, some billionaire somewhere 
that has ties again with our politicians that are currently active and have just left office where they utilize, and this is leaning back to Sir Richard Branson, something more incredible that you can't detect. Private submarines. Did you know that if you have enough money, you can uh, have yourself built a private submarine that is like a mobile island? Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, you can. And they are hand, you know, they are crafted to exactly what you want. If you want a volleyball, um, you know, outlet in there, you know, so you can play, you can have that. You want a tennis court, you can have that. You want you know, a dungeon, you can have that. How many rooms do you need? Do you want, when it goes to surface, to have some features pop open that can be released? You can have that. They are massive. They cost millions, if not billions of dollars, and they exist. And the reason I say this is because a lot of us wonder how people travel. I remember when we were looking into the travel of Barack Hussein Obama back in 2018, I was trying to track him through sources, through uh, flights, through people that I knew that knew his secret service and knew someone who knew someone that would tell me. And what we did was I, I had tracked him down in Canada, leaving with some crazy biplane to go somewhere. And then he ends up in the United Kingdom. But there was no mention of any flight. Um, there was no mention of any federal um, flight. There was no mention of any ship, any privates, but there was mention, take this, of a private submarine docking in Portsmouth the day before he appeared in England. So this is something that we're still digging up on because I haven't been able to find anyone that has a registered private submarine. Apparently, submarines are only owned by government entities. So it makes you wonder, is this like Jeffrey Epstein using uh, the State Department or the central um, agency's jets? Uh, is he using submarines? Are they using submarines that are registered to the government that we don't know about? That's a question that should be answered, correct? That is something that we need to be um, a little bit astute about because I've been digging and um, I have a couple of Russian sources that I'm waiting to come back to me uh, for such a submarine owned by the European Union. So we'll see. And that's kind of funny coming from the fact that um, our sources told us that at Epstein's apartment in France, there is an alleged uh, statement from one of the tenants that Juncker was there, the head of the EU Council. So on that note, we should just keep our eyes on Chicago because I'm hearing it's about to get wild. And Kamala Harris falling third in place is only the beginning. Her campaign ended before it started. God bless. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. 
Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to their necks.